Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Noah, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no South uh, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a special edition, and it is a special edition of Achtung Noah. It's actually rather non-football in, in tone. Joining me on this special edition is Mr. Carl Bates, well known to us all through iFollow. Welcome to the show, Carl. Afternoon. Thanks for having us on again, Nick. Yeah, um, I mean, this was an idea that actually you, you came up with after our conversation. We had a, a good conversation in, in a previous show, listeners, and, and Carl... Um, suggested that we do something separate regarding epilepsy, which um, we covered, we touched on really, Carl, in our previous conversation, didn't we? Um, and it proved, I think, a little bit, you know, enlightening for people out there to discover about this this condition. Yeah, um, after the um, podcast that we did, I had a couple of people get in touch, just a couple of direct messages, just to one, just to say, you know, well done for talking about it. And there was somebody else just wanted to have a little chat um, about the condition itself because that's something that they were living with so no it always helps whenever I've spoken about it in the past it normally rings a bell with somebody so it's always worth doing putting it out there. So we you know we, we thought um, we'd take this chance just to have a conversation on the, purely on the subject of epilepsy so um, not going to touch on football in this particular edition um, Carl as you would have gathered listeners um, one of my first questions Carl actually I, I might as well ask this question are, are you an epilepsy sufferer do you or do you do you have it regard as having a condition how do you view it as a as a as a thing I mean I, I, I wrote Carl suffers with epilepsy and I thought actually it may not be the best description of the of, of the um, of the situation and um, it's something that the government have they one minute they've called it a disability then they've called it a condition then it's gone back and forward back and forward for me, it falls in between the two because for me, I, I regard it as a condition. It's a, um, I haven't had a seizure now for over five years, which is right. fantastic for me. Um, but for some people, unfortunately, it is a disability. They may be having 20, 30 seizures a day that last quite a while. Unfortunately, it's affected them and hindered them learning various things. They've become, unfortunately, behind at school or have struggled to hold down a job due to the restrictions because of um, epilepsy itself. So for me, I always just have a cheesy little line for me that's epilepsy is a condition that I live with, not an illness that I suffer from. Because to me, that's how my life is. Yes, I have epilepsy. And when I first was diagnosed and had a couple of seizures, I did suffer from it. I was really nervous, really upset, concerned, scared. 
And so, yeah, it really affected me at the time, but because I've lived with the condition now, I was diagnosed when I was 23. People can, um, I suppose, mistakenly presume that people are born with epilepsy and that isn't the case. Well, some people are, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people develop epilepsy. And yeah. thankfully, because we're in the 21st century, medication is available and can help in quite a few, uh, for a lot of people. One of the things that really struck me, I've been doing a little bit of reading. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to presume to be any kind of um, expert. I've been looking through uh, the Epilepsy Society's website just to get a bit of a handle on it. And one of the things that struck me, um, even in a previous conversation, but especially just doing a little bit of prep for this, Carl, is um, we, we have a terrible habit of, of these words, this word called epilepsy, and, and there are others of different conditions. They, they kind of make an, um, an other somehow, that there's this other group of people that are called epileptics. And I was really struck by the early days of research, going back into the 1880s listeners here. Um, there was, the, you know, the, the Epilepsy Society was set up as a, almost as a kind of a colony, as they described it. It put me in mind of, um, you know, the, the lepers colony or something, where people who are other go that's separate from society. And yet it's actually quite a common condition isn't it is it is i think they, they said one one in 100 am i correct in 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 um in that in, in society yeah it is around that sort of figure but yeah i mean as you say if this had have happened a long time ago in regards to myself having epilepsy you were classed as almost being possessed there was something wrong you know they used yeah. to take you down the river and drown you because they presumed obviously something was well wrong with you you were possessed by the devil etc etc i mean you mentioned it there, yes. Yeah, one in every 103 approximately 103. people have epilepsy. So, yeah, it is very common, but more and more people are now talking about it. And so, hopefully, people will become less scared. And there's no need for me to keep an eye out next time I walk past the duck pond because I'll be okay. No one's going to attack me. <laughs> but no, I mean, <laughs> the, the, me the, the, <laughs> the language of the of, of the times, and you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's 100 plus years ago now, but the, these things often echo down. It was that language of, um, you know, being, being possessed by, by the devil or whatever, you, whichever mm -hmm. way you want to put that, which is kind of amazing. Um, but there we are. I mean, one, one other thing that really struck me is, is, is the commonality of it, but also mm -hmm. um, there are many different types of epilepsy. And I, I don't propose mm -hmm. to go too deeply into the many types that there are because... Mm -hmm. I became overwhelmed quite quickly reading it, but there are many different types. One, one that struck me is, is, is where the thing that I think almost all of us have probably experienced is, is a form of, of this condition is when you feel like you're going to fall over in your sleep and you kind of jerk. And that's, that's, um, you know, akin to some of these, these, um, these, these, these seizures that, that, you know, um, others called call epilepsy. I thought, well, I've had that, you know, <laughs> most, <laughs> most people get that at some point. It's, it just makes it, you appreciate it's a common thing rather than a distinct other thing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, there is, I mean, there's five sort of main types of uh, seizure and one of them is yourself like that. But I mean, that, it doesn't mean that every time somebody, as you say, falls and suddenly wakes up yeah. in the sleep, does not mean for one moment you've had a seizure. So don't panic if that ever happens to you at home. It happens a lot um, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, that can, but it's it's unlikely. You can get a sudden jerking or twitching of a muscle, which is when you, somebody has a myoclonic um, seizure, myo being muscle and clon from the clonus means jerking or twitching of a muscle. But the main five is tonic-clonic, like the cells, the grand mal seizure that you would normally associate with an epileptic. One of the main 
um, problems, especially in children, is an absence seizure. Because if you're trying to learn academically, that can really hold you back if it's not diagnosed. Because if you imagine you're a child in class and the teachers say going through your two times table. So you're sitting there and it'll be like two times two is four, three times two is six, four times two. And then you have an absence seizure. You hear four times two is 12. And then it carries on. And then the teacher would ask you what four times two is. And with all the confidence in the world, you'd be saying 12. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, com you're completely wrong. Your friends might laugh at you. The teacher's going to think that you're not as clever as you actually are. And so there's, there's little problems like that that can be so minor in theory. The absence is only three or four seconds, but that could really hold somebody back. And so that's one of the ones that has caused problems in the past for children especially. There's um, tonic seizures. Now, a tonic seizure, um, <coughs> excuse me, is where body, arms or legs will suddenly become sort of very stiff or tense. The person may be sort of half with it at the time. Usually happens when a person is asleep, as you right. mentioned earlier on. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's that. It's that. It's very short. It feels like you're falling. And obviously, mm. if you have one of them when you're awake, you may well fall. But a strange one is in the tonic seizure. Now, that one is the opposite. Instead of going tense, you go very limp. You fall like a ragdoll. They have been called like drop attacks, which, again, could look like you're passing out. But if it's happening regularly, you go to the doctors, get your blood pressure checked, et cetera, et cetera. And they may diagnose you the other way. So that's another seizure that you don't really hear of. Can I ask what kind of seizure you had when, when you, it hit you, um, Carl? You were, you were 23, I think you said? Yes. What was your experience of it, and how did it how did it come to you in that in that sense? It was a tonic clonic seizure. Was the one that I had. I was just right. sitting around my um, mother in law's, just having a cup of coffee and just having a chat. And Sal and her sisters were having their picture taken, and then I suddenly woke up in hospital. Apparently, I'd gone very tense. Um, sort of the eyes in the back of the head started biting wow. on my tongue, wow. shaking slightly. Not not at my best, shall we say. I'm glad the camera was facing the other way, put it that way. So, yeah, but again, all I did was wake up in hospital moments later. So Okay. So so from in, in your memory, I mean, it was literally one minute everyone's having their photo taken and it's, you know, life is normal. And then literally you wake up in hospital. That, that's moment to moment. You have nothing, no lead in, no lead out of it in that sense. No, no, nothing at all. I just remember vaguely sitting there and then there's that huge gap in your timeline where yeah you do not it's it's very scary only i think an epileptic can truly comprehend something like that because it's just bizarre like for example at the moment i'm talking to you and in a split second there's no gap in the middle mm. and then i'm in hospital and they did well, one interesting thing because i was having my well they were having their pictures taken you'd imagine that photosensitive epilepsy is something very common because yeah, you hear about yeah. it all the time on the um, tv that's right yeah yeah but it's yeah. actually only 5% of epileptics are actually sensitive to flickering lights or photosensitive epilepsy. It's a very low figure, but you naturally presume that it would be a lot higher. There is a surge. I'm just reading from Wikipedia, listeners. So I don't think I'm Professor Hart or anything like that, but I'm just reading from the screen. So it's, it's a surge in, in brain activity, literally electrical activity in the brain that, that for some reason, not fully understood, Carl, mm -hmm. seems yeah. to surge, which is... Um, and that, you know, then it takes its form in whatever way it comes out the other end. The way I try and describe it is if you imagine a phone switchboard that used to be used in the olden days where you'd see somebody plugging in people to talk to each other, 
if you imagine your brain's doing exactly the same thing, so it's, plug, it's, it's keeping you going, so many things going on, it's telling you to breathe, to blink, to move your arm, to do this, to do that. So it's doing all of these things at once and then just misses the connection. So yeah. as you say, that electrical energy shoots to one area and like with a computer, if you're doing too many things at once, it just it shuts freezes. down. Yeah, and, that's, and then, that's, yeah, that's an analogy. How did, yeah. uh, one thing I'm interested in, I mean, obviously that hit you, you know, at 23, you're, you're clearly, you know, you're, you're with somebody, you're in a, in a social situation. How does it, how did you process this information that you were diagnosed now as, as an epileptic? That label is now attached to you formally. I mean, it, it must have been quite a difficult thing to absorb and to um, process, as the modern word has it. How did you find it? Very hard, um, because, as you say, life suddenly changed forever in a split second. And you've no idea how really to deal with it. Something that I've been working with a few charities for is that aftercare service, because you have the seizure, you're in hospital, they check you to make sure that it hasn't been caused by a blood clot or something else that's going on up there. And then you get told, basically, you've had a seizure, we're not really sure why, we'll keep an eye on you, go get some rest, and we'll take it from there. And that's literally it. You are into an area they call idiopathic epilepsy. 70% of people, which I'm one of them, have, sorry, out of all the people with epilepsy, 70% of them, like myself, have seizures, but nobody knows why, which is quite frustrating because it's not like it comes under photosensitive epilepsy or it's caused by another condition, like, for example, maybe diabetes, blood levels, uh, sugar levels, sorry, go into a certain percentage. Nothing like that at all. And so you're suddenly sent home. You've got no brochures, no contact details. You're just sent home to sort of sit there and you've no idea. And obviously if you go on the internet, sometimes you can find out really helpful information. Sometimes it will scare the living daylights out of you. Mm, mm. So something that we want to do is, I know it sounds daft, but literally one of those sort of leaflets, you so you've had a seizure. Here's a piece of paper. This is what happened. These are the people you can talk to. Best of luck, you old scamp, and you know, see, see how <laughs> you, go. you go. Yeah, but you don't get that, and you no, should. There's huge amounts of information, and this is now, what, 2020, so I'm guessing you would have had your first attack in, in your 20s, so about 20-odd years ago, I'm guessing, Carl, I'm trying to be delicate about your age, man. Um, so um, sometime in the, in the, in the mid-90s, I'm, I'm imagining, um, yeah. when the internet didn't exist, or if it did exist, it wasn't like we have now. Um, so you would literally give them a couple of leaflets and... Um, and sent on your way pretty much it's um it's advanced from there i mean i sometimes wonder whether that's there's too much information i was looking at it earlier on and there's you, you, you your mind becomes befuddled quite quickly with the sheer volume of uh, terminology that's on there um one of my hopes by doing this little show is it, it somehow um i don't know if they're gonna find the right word but it demystifies it slightly um for people that may have it in, the, in their lives or be aware of it in their lives because you look at these websites and you become overwhelmed quite fast, I find. Well, one of the sad things is that, um, I mean, this was a YouGov survey a few years, a few years ago that was taken, that um, two-thirds of epileptics are uncomfortable talking about their condition with yeah. their, employer, with their yeah. employer. Yeah. And I think it's just over 25% of those workers in the UK are concerned about working with somebody with epilepsy. And the main reason was because they wouldn't, wouldn't know what to do if a co-worker had a seizure. And so the very simple thing there is if the person that had the condition was confident enough to talk about it, then the people that are worried about the person with epilepsy would know what to do. And then problems are solved all at once. 
But yeah, I mean, this was my experience. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think we mentioned this previously, so apologies to listeners if I'm repeating myself. But I mean, I have worked with um, a long while ago now with, with a chap who, who had a, um, a seizure. And it, there is a... <sighs> Lack of knowledge is a, is a, is a you know is the thing, Carl, isn't it? Because you don't know what to do in that moment. You're seized by what, what do you, you don't want to do wrong, basically. So you don't you know you, you try and do your best. But um, I think I think the demystification and as you say the um, the ability to probably be upfront. I mean, I, the employment side I was going to ask you about because obviously um, you know you need to let your employer know because there's a safety issue for your own point of view and and, and possibly for others, but. Um, I can imagine it can be quite a difficult conversation to have with an employer because you don't want to put your own job in jeopardy, do you? No, true. And some people do hide it because, one, the embarrassment of the yeah, um, yeah. condition itself. Two, you may feel that you would be um, discriminated against when somebody's looking to employ somebody. If there's you and another candidate that are pretty close, if you mention you've got epilepsy, that could be the turning point for your chances. And uh, yeah, definitely, it's. I'd imagine it would go against you. I mean, you hope it. You hope it wouldn't. And I think once the person, whoever that may be, employing you, once they get to know you, would feel. I mean, I've always got people to know me first and then explain the condition. I wouldn't want to go to a company as Carl the epileptic. I'd rather they get to know Carl. Oh, yeah. he has epilepsy. You know, try and make the difference, but put them back together again pretty quickly. Because, as you rightly say, if you do have a seizure at work, somebody needs to know how to look after you. Or if there's, I don't know, if there's, say, a fire drill or something, if you're um, hampered quite severely by the condition, you may need to have almost somebody that looks out for you. So if you're yeah. into a highly stressful situation, you may have a higher chance of having a seizure. So you just need somebody to keep an eye, on, an eye out for you when people are evacuating a building or when you're working on machinery etc etc the just little things have to be put in place i mean i do things that nobody else would notice as in i always hold the handrail if i'm on an escalator or going down the stairs right if we're, okay. having, if we're having a barbecue at home i won't do the cooking because nobody wants a quarter pounder with baits if i have a seizure, <laughs> have a seizure and smack into the barbecue when i get on the tube i'll always get on last let the train pull in let everybody pile on and i'll get on last because okay, just, I mean, okay. The, odds, the odds are slim but you don't want to tempt fate be standing right at the front and then you have a fit and end up straight in front of the train so no, just no, I mean, little tweaks like that you, you've stolen my question there because i was going to ask um <laughs> how you manage it um day by day as, as part of your everyday life and you, you you've, you've touched on it's a, it sounds like you develop habits of behavior that in some might say well that's that's a kind of i don't know what the finicky approach to life but yeah actually it's got a very practical um logic behind it that you you're trying to minimize the effects of this of this potential um, thing happening to you yeah and I mean we we spoke about it briefly on the last podcast that we did together but just in case people didn't listen to that if something very few and obviously millions if not why not yeah yeah that, yeah that's <laughs> too. but um yeah that's your homework for the weekend um but in regards to what to do if somebody does have a seizure it's really really simple how to look after somebody you basically help them to the floor move everything out of the way, allow them to have the seizure. Once they've finished the seizure, put them in the recovery position and then call an ambulance. Or if you have two or three people there, get them to call an ambulance. And once the person starts to come round, they'll be very confused. There could be a whole range of emotions that come out. They could be quite mm. angry, upset, mm. bit of both. So just keep them calm, 
and just talk to them. If you can, I don't mean hold them down, but just keep them calm. If they keep them lying down or at best sitting up, because people may feel they're okay, but they could still be extremely groggy from the seizure or they may go into another seizure. Now, if they do, do not worry, they're not multiple fitting. It's classed as putting it under one umbrella. It's still classed as a seizure, but you may have a couple of them. And as long as they're regaining consciousness in between them, that's absolutely fine. But if you're on the phone to the emergency services, they'll be able to explain everything to you anyway. But the simple thing is help them to the ground, move things out of the way, leave them to it, recovery position afterwards. That's it. No thrills, that simple. I think that's that's always that's good advice. It's it, it's it's the, in the moment. It's um, it's just keeping all of that in mind. I mean, there's a lot of um, information online about it, listeners. I have had a quick look to prep for the show. Which um, organisation do you support, um, Carl? I, mean, you're, you're, I know that you're a, a, an epileptic um, a representative. Was it? Or was an ambassador? ambassador. An ambassador. Mm. Which one? Which organisation do you represent? Um, mainly Epilepsy Action. Uh, that's, okay. the one that I, that's the one that I do talks for around the country. And I also do some work with Young Epilepsy, which is a wonderful uh, charity down near Lingfield Park, uh, where they have kids there that unfortunately do suffer with the condition, I would say, more than live with the condition. Um, some of them live on site. It's like a university campus, yeah. but um, there's no age. Um, it, basically, the classes are rated on your ability due to the conditions you quite often see children of age seven and eight in classes with children of age 15 16 um, and the people that work there are fantastic they follow the kids around try and let them lead, lead as natural life as they can but occasionally they'll see the trigger that the child's about to have a seizure and be on hand to help them and then help them once they come around to carry on their day so that i, I quite often pop down there and hand out programs anything i can get my hands on team sheets bits and books like that because the kids love it, you know, kids love football, it doesn't matter, you know, yeah. well, everybody loves football. So, um, yeah, they, they love having, you know, me go down there and flannel on about stuff. We've done a couple of penalty shootouts down there where I've done a bit of commentary in there, running around like they've scored the winning goal in the World Cup. So, yeah, worth, worth doing, that's really good. And Epilepsy Action have been great, allowing us to organise um, events. Wow. Funnily enough, we did one in Birmingham. We had a load of kids come down there. We did a little five-a-side tournament for them. Uh, Leon Leg was going to come down, the Paul Vale defender. He also yeah. has um, epilepsy. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Okay. Right. Yeah, Leon does. We've done work together for years. That's how I got to know uh, Leon um, through epilepsy action and young epilepsy. And he was going to come down for the day, but he couldn't, I think, change the fixture list around just for a change. Uh, so he couldn't make it. But they had a really good time down there. So, yeah, no, no, it's, it's good. I've met some really um, incredible people through... Um, the two charities they're, they're far more worthy of being on this earth than most of us mere mortals put it that way they do, they do some incredible work there i've just done a search on google listeners for under epilepsy action and the website it will come up if you google search it um, it's www.epilepsy.org.uk um and it looks like there's a lot of info on that website and and there are others too out there oh, there's loads. So, Absolutely you, know, loads. you won't you won't if, if, if it's a, an issue in your life or those around you their lives you won't go short of information, that's for sure. And Carl, I, I know that you don't turn away anyone that contacts you by D, by DM on this kind of thing. Um, no, no, absolutely fine. And um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, this little show will um, reach any you know people that may may need to hear it. I, I certainly hope so. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Carl, what's the impact on your family? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you've had it for some 20-odd years now. Um, that's a long time for, for those that are around you to be living with a situation like this. How, how has it been for, um, you know, your partner, kids, and wider family? Yeah, it's not easy. A lot of people think, oh, Carl, he has epilepsy. But no, it's not just myself, my wife, my son, and family. They all have epilepsy to an extent, too, yeah. because they're always keeping an eye out for me or they hear the bad news of what's happened to me and then they're all set back as well. And my wife sleeps a lot lighter now than she used to because, the last, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, because the last seizures that I've had were when I were asleep. And so, and I'm naturally a fidget anyway, which obviously doesn't help the situation. <laughs> so, she, so I'll just fidget in bed and she'll be, <gasps> you all right? Yeah. Yes, I'm fine. And then I get a bit riled by it because then I get quite nervous. Oh God, did I do something? Was I doing something? And, you know, but that only happens occasionally now because it's been a long period of time since I've had a seizure. But if that had been a month or two afterwards, we both don't sleep well for a while. And one of the hardest things I'd say would be trying to explain to my son about me being epileptic. My son's 10 now. I chose to tell him when he was six about the condition in case we were home alone and heaven forbid I had a seizure. So I sat him down and kids naturally presume for whatever reason that your parents are invincible. You know, they presume that mum and dad are fine. There's nothing ever going to go wrong with them. And so having to sit him down and go through the condition that I have, what would happen, so on and so on. And you could see the fear in his eyes as I'm explaining this to him and he started to well up a bit. But we went through it and we now make a game of it. We call it epilepsy. We really should think of a better name. But basically, we just put some music on. We dance around like idiots. And no, no, I'm not putting this out on TikTok. Or something. <laughs> I'm not one of them. We don't but, do uh, TikTok on this no, show. No, 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 I wouldn't even know what it is. I just presume, <laughs> I just presume it's my touchy stopwatch. Not um, but yeah, so we'll dance around. And then I'll suddenly go, oh, no, it, that doesn't feel well. And then I'll go, I'll lie on the floor and I'll shake a little bit. 
Okay. I know, I know. You're scaring think, me, Carl. Think, Stop it. Think, yeah. Think, things we do. And so I say, oh, no, Dad doesn't feel well. And yeah. then Ed, Ed will go through what he needs to do. So he'll get a pillow, put it under my head just to help in case I'm banging my head on the floor. So just put a little cushion under there and then goes and calls the ambulance. And then I always make him real. He reels off our address to make sure they know that. Okay. And he knows that, for example, with our house, the front door, the key's quite high up, but they, it'd be better for them to come in through the patio doors at the back of the house. So he knows that he has to explain to the ambulance, uh, the yeah. 999 emergency services, where they need to go and do this and do that. And so then when we've gone through it that way, I'll just make sure he's done it correctly. And then he gets all excited. Well, I, my turn, my turn, as if it's a game. So then he lies on the floor and shakes around, giggling his head off. And then I <laughs> then I have to go through the routine, but then I'll on purpose make mistakes and he'll try and pick me he'll up. pick you it. up on it. That's a good game. Yeah. I like the sound of that game. Yeah. Good, well, good. <laughs> good on him. So, <laughs> yeah, he seems to enjoy it. Some great stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that helps us anyway. So now he knows what to do, which I think, I mean, hopefully he'll never have to go through that because obviously it'll be far scarier than us messing about. But I'm confident that he would know enough to keep me safe and also, you know, do what's right sort of thing. So, Fantastic. Good boy. Good boy. Cole, that's great stuff. Um, I've enjoyed this episode. We're going re- to repeat it from time to time. I'll put it out on social media from time to time, listeners. Um, just going to read out the Epilepsy Action website, www.epilepsy.org.uk. A, a Google search on the word epilepsy will turn up loads of help and support. And, Carl, you're happy to uh, give advice by DM on, on Twitter? Is that, is, that, is that fair? Yeah. No, no, that's, that's absolutely fine. If anybody who knows yourself wants to get in contact by you to me, that's absolutely fine. You've got my contact details. So yeah, get in contact with me via Twitter or by yeah, DM me that way and then I can if need be we can have a chat over the phone or something. So yeah, no, absolutely fine. That's great stuff. So big thank you to Carl Bates. Um thank you for being so open and um willing to talk about this, Carl. It's it's a you know, I've started with my lack of knowledge and I think I've probably got a little bit more knowledge now at the end of the conversation, but it's it's um, it's an interesting thing to talk about, and I really appreciate your willingness to you know to to share this this condition with us. So thank you for that, mate. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for giving me the platform to be able to tell people about the condition that's that's very misunderstood. So the more people that talk about it, hopefully, the easier it is, and it's more diluted and spoke about more often. Great stuff. Thank you for listening to Aspen Media. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Till next time. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.